What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Just me today. Um, I, For the first time since I started this podcast, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys because I think transparency and honesty um, is uh, important. Um, for the first time since I started, I'm in a position right now where I'm not super excited to record this podcast. <laughs> it's uh, very late on Tuesday. Um, the podcast comes out on Wednesday. Uh, the day got away from me. Um, I have house projects going on that I had involved with. I had to take my truck in and get it decaled. Um, I had four coaching calls, and here I am super late at night. Um, why would I say that, right? Why would I tell you guys that? It's commitment, right? I think that's um, a very important word. I think that's a very important thing for people to do is commit to something. Um, are you? Is this, do you want something in life? Um, or are you committed to get the thing in life? Because we, we all say we want things. We want to have a better business. We want to have six-pack abs. We want to have a bigger bank account, right? All those things. Do you want that or are you committed to doing it? And I'm committed to doing this um, every single week to release on Wednesday. And that's why I'm here pretty late on a Tuesday night recording this podcast. Um <clears throat> So that being said, I'm doing something a little bit different today. That was my little mindset piece because uh, that's what I like to talk about. But I've been I've uh, been asking my followers on Instagram and Facebook if they want me to talk about my wholesale experience. Um, so I do a lot of wholesale, um, and I think we've we've been fairly successful in the wholesale market. And a lot of people want to hear how I do it. So I came up with some notes. Um, I don't want it to just be. 10 tips of how like how you walk a lot. So basically what I did is um, start a little bit about how we kind of get get the wholesale lots and then kind of how to walk the lot. Um, the best way to do that, the most efficient thing, some things that I've learned over the years that have really helped me. And then just some overall tips about your mindset, what your mindset should be about going into um, wholesale lots and how you should think about servicing them. Um, so I actually have notes for this episode. So I'm going to go down through these points here and see if I can provide some value. I asked a lot of people, uh, again, on my social media and a lot of people are interested in this. So I hope um, there's value for a lot of you out there. Today, I'm going to be talking about franchise dealers. Uh, dealers are the brand name like Ford, Kia, Nissan, Toyota, whatever. Um, our company personally is at a point where we don't do the smaller wholesale lots. We only do the lots that have the franchise tag on them. And <clears throat> the reason is because most of the stuff I'm going to talk to you about today um, really doesn't work at those smaller wholesale lots. Um, and so, so if you want those smaller wholesale dealers, what I would say, my tips for that is show up be inexpensive and be willing to work every single week and you're going to, you're going to get some cars. Um, that's my experience with them. Um, I appreciate those wholesale lots. A lot of dent guys start there, including myself. 
and I cut my teeth. I learned a lot. I was able, I learned to fix really smashed up dents to a good level um, with low expectations on very high mileage cars. So um, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with working on those lots. I think it's a fantastic place to start. It's easy to get your foot into the door of those places, but it's easy to get your foot kicked out of the door too. So um, what I'm going to talk about today is the franchise tags. I think um, that's the more professional. That's kind of the next level. That's where you, um, I think, should desire to be in the wholesale market. Um, number one, um, commitment, like I talked about earlier, committed to growing in this area. Um, that's a big part of it. And the commitment comes in looking professional. So having your truck labeled, having the clothing, having the hats, having the billing set up, having all of that stuff. So you look like a legitimate dent repair company. There's still dealerships in our area, um, that are franchise tag names that I go and talk to them and, the difference between what we try to portray as a company with the professionalism and the 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 like legitimate looking business, not just like a guy in a truck and some shorts that's coming with some dent tools, right? But like we have a business, we're late. Everything's labeled our truck, our shirts, our hats, our clothing. We have business cards, everything, right? That's step number one. That's a little bit of a commitment, right, to go in there. Um, be prepared, right? So you're gonna when you want these getting to these franchise tag dealers. You're going to have, you're going to need proof of insurance, right? Have insurance and then be able to add them onto your insurance. So if something happens, they're covered. Um, Having a W-9, right? Having a pricing structure prepared, all of these things when you're walking in, having a sales pitch ready to talk to these people. Um, Going into these dealerships to sell and to to try to acquire the dealership, um, you know, if you get to that point, we could talk about sales process, but I won't go into all of that. It's if that's something you're you're looking to dig further into, I think it's different in every area, and I work one on one with people for that stuff. But so get the sales process, get in front of the right person. That's the biggest thing. Like making sure that you're talking to the correct decision maker. Sometimes it's the GM, sometimes it's the used car manager, sometimes it's the service manager, depending on the size of the place. Whatever. Make sure you're talking to the person who can decide to have you come in and do their debt repair, right? And ask them questions. Make sure that you understand what they have for you. Make sure you understand the scope of work that they're giving you, right? You would never quote a retail debt without knowing the size, location, severity, whether it's through a body line, et cetera, et cetera. There's no reason you should go quoting wholesale accounts at 55 a car, 65 a car, 75 a car, 100 panel pricing or anything without knowing what you're getting into, without knowing how many cars they sell per month, without walking the lot and seeing the average year of the vehicle and seeing what the condition of the vehicles are like, right? So you should know, have an idea in your head of what you're quoting when you're talking to this manager. Um, And at the end of that thing, the biggest point in this sales process is when you're talking to these people Make sure that when you're trying to go in and get this dealer work and you've found the right person and you've gone down the sales routine that you've, that you've practiced the pitch, right? You've asked them for the work. You've gone in there multiple times over weeks. It's sometimes months ask for the work. I mean, honestly, like sometimes that's the biggest thing you can do is just say, Hey, like I've been here five different weeks. I've walked a lot with you. When can I come walk a lot and start doing cars? Like, like ask them, ask them when you can do it. Ask them when you can come work for them. Ask them what can, like Mr. Manager, what can I do so that I can get, start doing these cars for you, right? Put them on the spot and actually asking that question. 
Um, so I know there's so much more to involved in the sales process of it, but those are a few of the bullet points. I think if you can take, uh, take those things, if you're, if you don't have a lot of dealer work now, if you can take some of those things and use those, that'll get you, um, further ahead. Um, for those of you that already have some dealer lots, um, or already using them, here's a lot of the things that I do on the dealer lots to make myself more efficient. Um, I think it's extremely important on dealer lots to be efficient. I think that's how you make money. Um, the speed and productivity on a dealer lot is where the real money is. And that's how you can, you know, that's how you can earn a higher paycheck working at these places. So I would say some of the biggest things for me is that when you're walking dealer lots, walk the lot the same way every single time, right? So you start in one end and you walk to the other. Sometimes there's cars parked in, you know, five different rows. Just make sure you walk in the car the same way every single time. That way you never, you never miss a vehicle and you know that you're walking the entire lot and you can see what's changing um, throughout the weeks that you're there. Um, and especially if someone has to manage or somebody has to come out and walk with you, um, you can follow the order of your list and know exactly where the cars are. And that could be as efficient as possible as well. Um, what I've done developed doing over the years, I'm sure other people do this, but hopefully someone's not and this helps somebody. Um, I mark the vehicles with a paint pen, usually bright red or blue or, or something so that in a specific spot on the vehicle, that's somewhat inconspicuous, not, not like it's glaring to people, but I can walk by the cars at full speed, um, as fast as I can walk and see which cars I've already marked and, um, looked at and written down and potentially done. Right. Um, so I mark it in two spots usually, um, just in case someone rubs one of my marks off or whatever. So that's, that's huge for me, right? You go to a lot that has 200 vehicles and you know, there's 20 new cars in there. How do you find those new cars? Um, marking the vehicles is, is a huge part of that. Uh, I'm using Molotech RX, uh, through our company to build everything, um, that we do, but I actually still prefer a written list, um, at the wholesale lots. And so what I do for a written list is, Um, basically the reason why I do the written list, I would say is that there's a lot of times where I go to a dealer lot and I will write down that they have 15 cars or whatever. I'll walk the entire lot and I don't get to finish all those cars and I'll come back either later that day or later that week to finish them. And so I prefer to have them written down on a piece of paper, um, you know, one full, one, um, booklet of paper for each car dealer essentially. And then as I do them, I will build them to mobile tech RX straight to a work order and then invoice. Um, so what I do on this paper, um, exact stuff I've developed over the years is I'll categorize the vehicles of, of difficulty level, um, from one to five. And you can come up with your own thing. I used to do one to three. Now I do one to five. Um, it's basically really comes down to how long it's going to take me to do and what the difficulty level is. Um, and I also write down every panel that has a dent. So I'll walk the lot, I'll mark the car, I'll look down the sides, you know, look at the trunk, trunk hood and roof and mark down every panel. So the reason I do the difficulty level is that when you get to a position where you're doing multiple, multiple wholesale lots and you're doing, you know, body shop calls and you're doing retail calls that are scheduled around those wholesale lots. Um, sometimes I have two hours to work at a lot. Sometimes I have six hours to work at a lot. Um, and I know based off these numbers that I assign these cars, essentially how long they're going to take me to do or how difficult, um, they are to do. Um, and so on the lower end on the ones I can, I know that I can take my rolling bag and I can walk down the row of those vehicles and I can clean all those cars up very quickly. It's not something that's going to 
take a lot of time. I don't need to get involved in it. I don't need to, you know, get the bench out and get tappers and be tapping on cars on the front lot of the, of that and be disturbing, you know, the salesmen doing their job. Right. So come up with a categorization number or write something next to it, like easy, medium, hard, whatever, so that you know, when you're looking at your list, what, what is necessary for that car. Right. And then whether you have time to do, some of the big jobs take care of those. Whether you have time to, you know, you only have an hour and a half, and you ne- you need to knock out six cars that day, you can go ahead and do that too. Um, another thing is get permission to um, get a lot of keys. Make sure you ask that question. Hey, can I grab you know eight keys, ten keys, whatever, out of the key track system or off the board or whatever? Uh, most managers allow me to do that as long as you ask and as long as you are easy to get keys from as long as you answer your phone as long as you're not hidden in the very back corner of the lot where no one can find you and the salesman's running around for 30 minutes trying to look for keys right um because it's efficiency right like i want to know i'm going to fix 10 cars that day i'm going to get the 10 keys i'm going to get my rolling bag i'm going to knock all those cars out as fast as i possibly can with with great quality right um and also while you're getting permission for the keys make sure you're having conversations with the manager about whether or not you can work on the front lot Um, the amount of time I saved when I started being able to work on the front lot is huge. I designate, like I said, uh, the number of vehicle, like the number I categorize it. And so I know which vehicles I can fix on the front lot and which I can't, because I'm not going to post up on a car on the front lot that has, you know, a smashed in fender. It's going to take me an hour to fix. Um, and I'm tapping on it like crazy. I got tools all over the place. I'm not going to do that. Right. But all the other cars in between and these lots that we're fixing a lot of stuff for, um, you know, two door dings, three, three, four, five, six door dings or whatever. I'm running down those cars and I'm not super involved. If I have to skip one because a customer's looking at it, I can easily do that. Um, whatever, whatever it needs. It's very flexible. Right. So that's why I write that down. <clears throat> I think I'm losing my voice too. Excuse me. Um, okay. So just like you would walk a, a car lot the same way every single time you're going to treat every vehicle the exact same uh, the exact same way oh real quick i don't think i wrote this down super important i started doing this a few a few um months ago but when i get the keys off the car lot i will separate them in my back pockets i will separate the keyless entry keys into one pocket a pocket especially if i have 10 or 12 keys um, all the keyless entry tags go into one key. And then the ones that actually need a key to start the vehicle or to turn the accessory on the vehicle, I put it in another pocket. Usually because we're working on franchise dealers, usually nicer cars. There's, if I get 12 keys, there's probably three or four of them that, uh, are keyed entry, right? So the rest of them just go in my pocket. I can just do whatever I need to do with push button start to get in there. So I started doing that and it started saving me a lot of time. Cause I know that if it doesn't have the little button on the, on the driver doorknob, then I know it's a key and I'll pull those out and I can access them really quickly instead of digging around every set of keys on a key on like a, you know, carabiner thing or whatever. So that's what I've been doing there. But, um, Every vehicle gets treated the same way, just like you would walk the lot the exact same way every time, right? So we're systematizing this entire process. The way when you the way you can get faster and more efficient and more lean is to is to systematize the entire process. So um, the way you walk the lot, the way you grab the keys, the way you write things down, it's all the same at every place. The way you mark the cars, it's the same at every place. And when it's the same, you can become more efficient and faster at it. Every vehicle gets on un- gets unlocked, opened, and built the same way. So basically, I will walk up to a vehicle. I will I will open the door. I will scan the VIN to bill it, um, and then I will stick the keys in or push the button. Roll all the windows down to one to two inches. Right? I leave always leave one to two inches. That's how you would prevent 
um, cracking dual pane. And every window I roll down is one to two inches up. I don't care if it's dual pane, not dual pane, whatever. It's always there. And then I will actually leave the keys um, in accessory mode. So if I need to move the window, I can. Um, hood and trunk open if necessary. Um, right, take all the decision process out of it. You know what you need to do before you're walking up to that car, so it could be quick, efficient, easy. Right? Um, don't just roll the window down. You're like, oh, I put a dent on the right front door. Don't just roll that that window down. It takes just as much time to roll all four down, all the way down, and then up for one second to roll all of them up one to two inches, so that you're not cracking any windows. Um, having a very organized bag. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, like I think that you should be able to reach into your bag with your eyes closed and grab any tool that you need, right? You should be like, oh, I need the double bend that's, you know, 12 inches long. That's got a, you know, right hook on it. You should be able to reach in your bag and grab it every single time. Um, you shouldn't be looking for stuff. If you are, then I would say take 30 minutes to an hour one day and organize your bag. And over the next six months, you're going to save 50 hours not looking for tools. Um, Let's see, working inverted um, or upside down on in wholesale is huge. Um, it's kind of a Dent Wizard and a Dent Pro model. Dent Pro probably got it from Dent Wizard at some point. But um, a lot of people that I know uh, are doing wholesale are not working upside down um, or inverted, um, especially for just door dinging. If you're going down and fixing two, door, two dings on this side and four dings on the other side, you can work inverted. It'll speed up the time by, you know, double. Um, and if you don't, if you don't work inverted, inverted, then I have a solution for you coming soon, um, to hopefully help you, help you guys do that. So stay tuned for that, uh, down the road and I'll announce it on my podcast and do all that stuff. But, okay. So that's, that's kind of my process for walking, for walking lots from walking the lot to grabbing the keys to, to being efficient with every single car, to making sure that you're, that you're not missing things, not missing vehicles, not missing dents, not missing, um, you know, doing everything efficiently. Those are some of the tips that I have that have helped me, um, over the years. So, uh, a couple extra things I wrote down just as I was thinking about this throughout the week. Um, I do believe that we should be charging more for larger repairs. Um, and there's a balance there, right? It's what, what is a large repair, right? What is, what is the, Where's the designation of when it becomes not the standard sixty-five or seventy-five dollars per car and becomes now I'm going to charge you one twenty-five or one seventy-five or two fifty or whatever, right? Where where is that? Um, and just practically, I'd like to say that um, a couple different ways. So a lot of people don't have separate pricing um, for those dents. Like between four and six inches, I charge this. Between six and eight inches, I charge this. So if you don't have that. I would suggest doing that, right? I would suggest um, going to the managers. It's coming up almost on the, you know, Q4 just started. So towards the middle and the end of Q4, we will, um, we'll have some more discussions about, you know, implementing higher pricing for your, for your wholesale accounts and, um, you know, raising prices in your wholesale accounts, how to do that, how to have that conversation. And we'll go through that stuff. But um, just make sure that, um, you're, that's something you're paying attention to, uh, about how much time it's taking you to get those cars approved. So there are some lots that I do, you know, I do 20 to 40 cars a week for these places. Right. And, you know, I have a list of 25 cars I need to get done that day. Right. And I come up across a dent that is definitely harder and I can go get the manager, um, and say, Hey, you know, here, we got to charge this price for this car or whatever. Um, or, because they're giving you 20 to 25 cars, you can just fix it. So that's a decision you have to make. Um, 
you know, in your own business, whether or not you feel comfortable doing that. Um, I think the next step from there is to have a conversation with them and get a, an organized process. So what you should be able to get it to is um, fix the car. They trust you on the size. Basically, you take a picture of it, put it in Mobile Tech RX. Clearly, it's a, it's a bigger dent than normal, six-inch dent, and that's why you charge you know X price for it, 125 175 whatever. Um, uh, another side note thing, um, I think my biggest, like the ultimate goal with the wholesale accounts is to get, is to build trust with them, right? Um, for the long term, to so get it to a point where you can just walk the lot and do the vehicles, right? That's the entire goal. Like so much trust that, that you're able to go there, walk the entire lot. You don't need approval. They don't think you're going to, you're going to take advantage of them. Right. And this is the stuff that gets built over time, right? It gets built over time. As you walk the lot with them, you're not, you're not writing down the cars that have the tiniest little dents on them, or you're understanding that, you know, that car is worth $8,000 and they're not as worried about that, you know, versus the certified car that's listed at 35 grand that has, you know, 20,000 miles on it, something like that. So that's the ultimate goal. Just keep that in mind. Um, when you're there, like you're building trust for the long term, so that you can go in there, walk the lot. And it's not, it's not so you can take advantage of them. Then, then obviously like we're only fixing dents, any cars that have dents on them. If they don't have dents on them, you're not fixing them, whether you're walking with them or not walking with them. Right. Um, but it's for efficiency, right? Really? Like I don't want to have to go get the manager sometimes wait for them. They're with someone else. Someone else is in there. It's 20 minutes. Then you walk the lot for another 15 minutes. Like I could have fixed three or four cars in that time frame, Right. So that's, that's the biggest thing. That's the ultimate goal. Um, and never forget why you're at the dealers. Never forget why they let you come work for them. Right. Our role at a dealership at a wholesale lot is to make their life easier to sell cars, make, make, make the entire machine run more efficiently and help the salesman sell cars. That's the only reason that we're there. Don't have the mentality that we're there so that you can make a bunch of money as fast as possible, right? Like you're in service to every single person at that dealership. I don't care who it is. You're working for them, whether it's a sales guy or the service manager or the service writers or the used car manager or the guys in the sales tower, like you're there to make their life easier. Like you're there to make their problems go away. Right? Like never forget that when, when you have a stack of 10 keys and the salesman's coming out, they're looking for the keys. Like, Hey, can I borrow those real quick? I want to show it to the customer. Absolutely. I'm here to serve you. I want to make sure that those dents and that cars are fixed so that you can sell the car. Cause the more cars that you sell, the more cars I get to fix. Here's the keys, right? Like you don't have to say that, but something like that, right? Just understand that you're in service to those people. Um, and treat the place, treat the place like you are, treat the place like, uh, that like you work there, like you're an employee and you're at service to all of them, right? Like don't roll down the windows on the cars and ruin all the window stickers that are in there. Don't leave the windows down on the vehicles. Don't pull the car around to the back and then park it back up in the front lot all crooked when like the salesman spent all morning, like lining them up, like perfect, like, you know, siding down and like making sure every bumper is dead on, like make sure that you return it back to the exact same way it was, right? We're there for them. That's our entire that's the entire purpose of being there. Um, let's see. Let's see. Always be willing to go the extra mile um, is important for me. Um, I've earned a lot of wholesale work and accounts and service departments over the years because I'm willing to drive to a customer's house. 
to do the repair. Um, there's many, many times when it is a, you know, certain day of the week or whatever. And someone calls me and it's like four 30 and I'm finishing up another job. That's not in the area. And they're like, Hey, I'm selling a car right now. And they're about to leave in 20 minutes. Can you fix the debt? It's like, no, I cannot fix it right now, but tell them I will go to their house at another time and fix it and build a dealership, right? Give them options, right? Just solve their problem. That's it. They don't care if the dent's fixed. Honestly, they just want to sell the car. That's all they care about, right? The salesman, when they're calling you or the used car manager, say, sell the car, give it a due bill. I'll go to their house and fix it and we'll take care of it, right? Um, and one more thing. Oh, I don't think I wrote this down either, but... Um, one big thing that to get a little extra work um, out of the dealership lots is walk the new car lots. Um, I started this doing this years ago, and every dealer I work for, they're all franchise dealers. Again, like I said, no, none of the wholesale lots. They all have the used car section and the new car section. I Every week if I can, but usually it doesn't happen every week, but I would say every single month I'm walking the new car section, right? They have hundreds of new cars out there. Customers are constantly out there looking and banging them up. Um, they're always going to fix, they're always going to fix those cars cause they're, you know, cause they're brand new and there's nothing worse than, right. It shows you that you're going the extra mile. There's nothing worse than like getting called on a, like, or I've heard stories of salesmen or, or, or tower managers or whoever, um, you know, selling cars on a, on a Saturday late in the day at like seven o'clock or whatever on Saturday or Sunday. And they see a big old day, like right in the middle of the door on a brand new car. Right. I've had actually had dealers tell me they lost they lost sales because of that, right? So just, you know, something to think about. Go go do those cars. Go walk the lot for them. Go to the new car manager and tell them, hey, I found these cars. Would you like me to fix them? Almost every time they'll say yes. So I feel like I talk really fast. That's kind of what I do. Um, I ended up getting pretty excited um, once I got started doing this. So I'm happy, I'm happy that um, kind of changed my whole mood there. So um Hopefully that helped a lot of you. Um, maybe there was one or two things that you don't do that I do. Um, if there's something you want to dig into more, this is something I work with um, a lot of clients on. And again, there's there, like I could probably sit here and ramble on for another hour about all the little things that I do um, at these wholesale lots or the sales process about how to get those dealers, right? If there's anything like that that you have questions about or that you want to talk about, um, or see how you can implement some of these in some of these ideas into your business or, or learn how to get more wholesale work. If that's the route you want to go, um, then reach out to me. I'm always available. The best way to do it is to, um, usually follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, my Instagram handle is coach Corey K the PDR coach. You can find me there. And then I'm um, on Facebook at Corey Kleinfeld. Um, all that stuff's in the show notes and I'd be more than happy to talk to you more about this. So, Hopefully there was some value in this for you and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week.